If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the When Life Hands You Lennon's Podcast. But in an entry-level film production, it's one strike and you're out. You're fired. I'm not calling you back. If your goal today is to make a basket, we're going to make that basket. The minute you create something, as soon as it's made tangible, you have a copyright in it. How do I get our guys to sound that big, you know, that full when they do the harmonies? And I'm your host, Lennon Seahawk. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of When Life Hands You Lennons. I'm very excited for this week's episode because it is another music tech entrepreneur. I could say it right, entrepreneur. This is with Jesper Skibsby. Now he is the CEO and founder of the Warm Airplay Monitor. It's a radio airplay monitor and it helps track where your music is being played. And we talk about the global radio market. We talk about what radio is doing in the world. We talk about some corrupt countries that don't have PROs and royalties and how you're able to track these types of things and kind of the deals that he's had to work out. We talk about him being a solo music tech entrepreneur and how difficult and how rewarding it can be as well. We talk about blockchain and how it's kind of redundant, but it's an interesting technology and we're kind of waiting for somebody to kind of solve the issue of how the music royalty and musicians can be paid. And we talk about all kinds of other things as well. But Jesper is an incredibly smart young man, and he is so forthgiving with all of his information. So before I let him tell his story and we get into the conversation, I want to remind you to please sign up to my mailing list as it helps me notify you when new episodes like this are live. I would also appreciate it if you would follow me on Instagram. I will link that in the show notes below. If you or somebody you know would be a good guest for the show, please fill out the Google form, guest request form in the show notes below. I'm always looking for great, incredible movers and shakers in the music business and entertainment industry. And lastly, I would also appreciate a five-star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts as it greatly helps the show get boosted in Apple's algorithms and help it build a further community so I can continue working with all of these amazing guests and fans. Without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Jesper Skibsby. First of all, how are things doing over, you're in Denmark, right? Copenhagen? Yes. How's the whole pandemic, everything going over there? Are you guys safe and healthy? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been affected by every, like everyone else, but 
but uh, we're, we're we're slowly closing or sorry opening everything now or most of it the bars and so on is, is uh, opening on Monday so I think it, it looks quite good and uh, we're, we're below the the line in uh, in the pandemic uh, chart so it, it looks yes. quite, quite good good and you have you guys were you guys affected quite a bit beforehand or did you guys take the necessary precautions uh, I think it's relative uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of other countries that's been much more affected obviously locally it's been you know a challenge for people it's it's new for everyone but I mean I think we're pretty good that's good to hear uh, glad to hear you guys are safe and healthy and everything's kind of opening up again as well um, I'm out in Los Angeles, California. So we're still on lockdown until I think through like up until August 1st. Um, but they are starting to open things slowly over the next couple of months, but it's, it's still kind of stressful. I'm waiting to get out of the house and, uh, start exploring the city and and state again, but that's uh, obviously won't be happening anytime soon. Unfortunately, my my brother lives out there and, and, and I get like weekly updates, uh, Mm. from on the scene. and, And he said like a lot long ago, you know, he went to the store and then the police officer was just, you need to wear a mask. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just mandated, a, a, I think it was the mayor of Los Angeles. I'm, te- I'm actually technically not in the city of Los Angeles. I'm in a different city. Um, but the mayor of Los Angeles just uh, put in a place and a mandated order that if you're going anywhere outside, regardless if it's walking, biking, whatever, you have to wear a mask. Um, obviously yeah it's it's crazy but it's it's good that we're taking the precautions to hopefully curb the spread of it so we can start getting back to normal um but yeah so thanks for being on the show i mean we went back and forth quite a bit on trying to get this scheduled so i'm glad we can make it happen uh uh so yeah why don't you kind of start by telling us who jesper is and, and what you do and a little bit about warm too sure uh well my name is jesper i'm 34 Four years old, and uh, I'm a, I'm a music tech entrepreneur. Uh, formerly, I've been working in the music industry uh, in lots of different ways. I'm working. Uh, I've had my own record labels uh, in in electronic music, and um, I've been working as a manager, uh, a radio promoter, a tour manager, a booking agent. So I've kind of see, seen quite a lot of different. Um, views on, on the music industry, at least here in, in Denmark and, 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 and Scandinavia. Um, but uh, the, the, this whole warm thing actually uh, happened um, because I was managing a band called Few Wolves and uh, I found out that uh, that they got a lot of radio airplay in uh, in Poland, which we have not done, which we hadn't done any promotion on or marketing efforts whatsoever. It, it was simply just a a radio station there that actually a quite significant one that that found our music or a host there and and just played it and I found out that we were played like two hundred times like we were basically in a rotation for three four months and uh, so this was like quite big for me so I went to the the major label we were signed to and uh, like I was just I, I thought I've invented the wheel basically I, I I found some you know data that they haven't found and I quickly learned. From from a um, from a major perspective, at least that they work very local. So you know the Danish A and R or, or is not necessarily really interested in what's happening in in um, in Poland, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So uh, basically, this just uh, gave me the idea to to build a platform where where everyone basically could track their radio airplays. 
because uh, like maybe something is more uh, likely to happen locally. Uh, but with the help of streaming and the you know the way that music is is distributed much more quick uh, to everywhere in the world, that means it's also easier for curators in any form to to find a new song and edit. And and I don't believe in this local uh, you know necessarily priority in the music industry because lots of things happen organically without people knowing. So the fact that you can now, for example, know that your song is played uh, on an uh, alternative radio station in Iceland or, I don't know, in our case, Poland or something, that, that just gives you a complete new set of ideas or, or opportunities as both an artist or a record label or a manager or whatever it is. And it's funny because, uh, it, it's like you said, things can happen so organically. And with the internet today, I mean, I, my music theoretically could be played in, in Belarus. And I would have no idea of knowing it because it's so... The, the system that is set up now, and I've had a conversation with uh, Madonna's former manager, Camille Barbone, a couple weeks ago, and it's so hard to keep track of all these royalties and stuff that are coming in and, and keep track of where your music is being played and where it's hot. And, and this type of, of system, like it's, it's so frustrating because it's like, I want to know where my music is being played so I can target my music, you know, and obviously cater to all fans rather than just a local group, like you had mentioned. Yep. I totally agree. And, and sometimes it's the small things that, that can, you know, trigger a snowball effect, especially if you know when it happens. And, and that's again, back to why we made warm or because we, we, we want to give people, everyone, the same opportunity to, to detect whenever it's played and, and that's delivered in real time. Um, so, so the fact is that you can make much, much quicker decisions uh, than, for example, if you are on a major label, because if you're signed in France, they're not going to provide you with any kind of data outside France, unless you're like a super high priority, but then you have a manager, so it's more you know, uh, it's easier for him to access that. So it's just this kind of data is very new to the music industry, um, radio data in general, because there's, all, there's, there's a lot of existing sources or providers of this, but they are very divided. So we have BDS or media base in, in the US, or we have radio monitor primarily in Europe. or So there's like different services um, catering to different markets. So there's no like major label uh, office in France who have, you know, all, all these different data points from different sources. So with Warm, you have access to basically the more than 100 countries uh, and uh, about, third, I think it's uh, 28,000 radio stations or radio channels it is uh, that, that we monitor at the moment. Wow, that's that's quite a bit. And is that in every country? Are there some cl countries that are excluded, or or you know, can you can can you kind of talk about the global radio market for a second, just because it's absolutely. So um, we obviously we prioritize that because it is a manual task to find a radio station, um, you know, verify, set up the monitoring. So so we have to prioritize. But but we've done it for quite a while now. So. We're monitoring, obviously, uh, a lot of the, the biggest radio stations out there, uh, but the also, you know, smaller radio stations and, and usually a lot more radio stations than, the, than, for example, the local PROs have access to. 
in terms of data. So, uh, and in the countries we, we, we have prioritized as well as obviously the, the most relevant markets. So that's everything from 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 uh, Americas in any form, whether it's uh, Latin America or North America, um, we have African countries. Uh, in the Vatican State, we have five channels. Uh, we have Japan. I mean, we don't really have any radio channels or stations monitored in uh, Mongolia and Greenland, but I mean, it's pretty well spread. What about the the ratio of radio to streaming because obviously streaming is so predominant versus radio and radios always tend to be kind of last to the party. Um, if you might say, so can you talk a little bit about how does radio is radio still important? Uh, is it not important? Like what, what, how does radio factor into this new equation of, of technology in a world of streaming? I think the, 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 the first things that comes to my mind is that, Streaming uh, is very much, you know, driven by algorithms and uh, people's playlists and so on. Um, but where with radio you have a, you know, a human uh, alternative because you know with radio you have a person that finds a song or a group of people that find, decides on what songs to play and. It is true that on large terrestrial national radios, it, it can be very difficult for a lone wolf uh, radio host to play whatever they like. Uh, they probably have some rules, but there's a lot of radio stations, a lot that is not large national radios, whether that's college radios or whether that's uh, you know genre-specific radios, like a death metal radio station in Lithuania or if it's an alternative radio somewhere, or it's a, uh, you know, techno radio station, or like very much uh, hard dance or something. There's, like, there's all sorts of radio stations, but no one, no one have really accessed or have been able to access this data before because the music industry is primarily focusing on the largest stations where there's a lot of money to be uh, to be uh, withdrawn from, from royalties, both on, on, on publishing side as well as neighboring rights. But there is also an alternative here in terms of the value of data. And that's also the fact that you can see where it's been played and perhaps you're not going to make a lot of money on this particular radio station in Lithuania. But on the other hand, you have a great uh, market insight, so to speak, because if someone there is playing your song and it's a death metal rock station and they have whatever, like 5,000 listeners on this, they are probably much more engaging fans as well and people that are going to shazam it. And then we're back to, you know, we basically have a loop because people, you know, usually hear a song on the radio or not necessarily, you know, the youngest people, but you listen to a song on the radio, perhaps you shazam it and then you identify it and then you're going to play it on Spotify. So there is also some sort of a loop in this. So I don't think that, you know, radio is going anywhere. Maybe the format is going to change or we're going to call it something different. I don't know. But I think that radio is in reality a quite good alternative to, to, uh, to streaming or, com com you know, a partner in that sense. So you can compare data relevance and, and also see that certain songs, they, they trend a lot on streaming services or TikTok or whatever it is. Uh, and then not necessarily on radio. And, but that's also because that radio 
is, you know, so many different things. Uh, there's everything for all kinds of niches. I like that, that it's kind of a loop. And because there's there's been so many times where I'm out and about in a store or I'm uh, out, take a quick car ride and I forgot my phone or something and I don't, I don't have a music source, so I just turn the radio on and I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool song. But I mean, I obviously don't have my phone in the car, so I can't Shazam it, but I kind of remember the lyrics so that I can go home and Google them. Or if I'm in the store, I usually have my phone with my grocery list on it, and I'll just quickly Shazam it, and then I'll, I'll grab it on Apple Music so then I can listen to it whenever I want. So I like that it's kind of a loop, and it kind of reminds me of those. There's, been, there's like this store in a mall that I used to go to, and they would put like little food or desserts on like a tray, and it would just kind of like circle around like a toy train, and you just kind of pick whatever you wanted off of it. And that's kind of how I'm picturing the radio scene is, is like whenever you hear a song, you just kind of like take it or you Shazam it, and then you add it to Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever, YouTube, whatever you use to listen to your music, and then you have it at the ready whenever, you're, whenever you want to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of an interesting it's kind of an interesting thing, uh, but radio is still relevant uh, regardless of you know how many people use it because it is still going on in stores and uh, in your cars and things like that. But so does Warm collect royalties or do you monitor royalties? Do you estimate them? How how can you get insight on that or is it just on plays? Basically, what we are right now is a monitoring tool. So we monitor your song and we'll tell you in real time, whenever it's played, wherever it's played. And you can see the start and end time, the duration of the play. So you have all you need to contact your local PRO and claim uh, something that you might have received. Um, but then, you know, it's individual, uh, case by case, how can, like, how, how good communication do you have your, with your PRO? Um, and, you know, it, it's just uh, that is something that we haven't really touched in on yet because there is so many people who want to, to, to do stuff in this space. And uh, there's a lot of legendary agreements between PROs and distributors of this data and so on. So it's it's kind of like a very I mean it's something that we want to try and and work on but it's very uh, it's just not something that's going to grow our business like on a month to month basis right now because it's so complicated and so many people involved and uh, different caps on um, but however we we have we have developed a uh, a royalty calculator so we have basically taken the minute values or second values or tariffs attached to each individual radio station in about 10 European countries as a, as a, a proof of concept version. Um, and then merge this with our database of existing radio stations so we can basically calculate in real time a very good estimation of how much you should get based on the, the local tariffs, basically. Mm, and that's just for the 10 European countries, correct? Uh, yes, and it's not something we have launched because mm -hmm. it's like, uh, yeah, I'm a little, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's like, uh, you know, David versus multiple Goliaths kind of situation if you do yeah. this. So, and it could be very relevant to work with, uh, you know, a, a big music company or, or, uh, or a PRO for that matter on, on, uh, on what to do with this because it's mm -hmm. kind of like bigger than, 
than just me, uh, you know, having a good idea, trying to to do something uh, with this data. I think it's something that should, uh, more people should uh, collaborate about mm. what to how to do. So, what are some interesting trends that you're seeing in the radio market? Like, are you seeing a decline? What are you seeing an incline in? Uh, are you seeing a play? Like, are, what what genres of music are you seeing in certain countries? Like, what are some of the trends? Uh, that are going on in the global uh, radio scene that maybe some artists could be interested in going after or checking? It's um, very well spread. So it's, I think it's difficult to talk about genres as per se. I mean, I've, I've done some web talks with the different people from different areas the last couple of weeks. And and uh, it seems that, that like there's very... Um, differentiated situation around radio in each country. So for example, in Germany, uh, if you want your music on the radio in Germany, you kind of have to use a system that is collectively owned by the radio stations uh, in, in Germany called MPN. And so basically you, you can distribute your music to all the radio stations with this uh, system. Uh, and that is what 99% of, of uh, the radio stations uses to find your music. So, you you know, it's like if you don't know that, you you know, you don't have a chance almost, especially if you're an upcoming artist. Um, so that's super interesting. And, and in France, it's completely opposite. They have uh, only few large radio stations, but then they have a lot of smaller ones, uh, which, you know, also work very independently. So they play lots of different music, and it's actually rel relatively easy to get in contact with these people. Uh, so, I mean, one of the key takeaways for this is that the radio markets are very, very different compared to uh, each country. Interesting, interesting. Um, so I want to go back just a little bit, talk about kind of your history and getting into music. Like you said, you're, you're obviously a mech music tech entrepreneur. Um, how did you get into music, music tech? Are you a musician? Uh, no, I have never done music myself. Um, my my brother is a DJ, and uh, that sounded almost like a title for something. Um, but uh, but he lives in LA and and is doing very well. And I've grown up with him and uh, his music career, so it was natural for me to start making events, and then. I moved to Copenhagen and started to working in the music industry, uh, worked at a record label and, and had these different roles. So I kind of got into the music industry uh, autodidact or, or in a you know, way I, I, had, I don't have any education within the music industry. I, I was educated as a shipping agent. You just kind of got educated on working in it with all the, because you said you were a manager, you were a tour manager, uh, you worked on the label side. How, how did you work on the label side? What was your role as manager, tour manager? Who did you tour manage? How was that like? What, what are some things that you learned over the years? I mean, I just learned that I've, I, I love being in the music industry, but, but it was just, I didn't really find the right role for me. And so when I had this idea, I think back in 2012 about why isn't there a system where you can track your radio airplanes, it was just, I mean, natural for me to try and pursue this, you know, dream of seeing how you can make this and like my first uh, year or so, I, I thought that I would have to build all this myself and set up monitoring devices in all all countries. And it was like, you know, and then you got wiser 
and found out that there was a, a technology company that developed an algorithm that that was something I could use for this system. And and then you know you know the business uh, model or the or the business idea changed, and it's done that like a lot of times. And then finally in December 16, we got our, our first investment. Uh, so it's been like uh, you know a, a, a project or like a great idea that you know you're working on and, and hope that would end up in something but you know as all good ideas you know you sit with your friends and talk about it and get hyped and you know it's rare that something really comes to life unless you are like a strong team and you share the same mindset and, and direction and all that and I was just like a guy with an idea. I mean, I know nothing about technology. I have a hard time making code in Excel. Uh, I'm, I'm like, uh, it, it was just like, uh, I'm, I don't think it was written in the cards that that was going to happen. And I think people around me thought that it was, uh, you know, great, great idea, but uh, maybe you should... <laughs> go back to shipping. So now let's talk about that kind of transition. You had an idea uh, and you started your business. I want to talk about kind of that initial kind of fire that you had. Obviously, you saw a niche in the industry. You saw that there was a problem and you solved it. So can you talk about that kind of transition into being uh, just kind of a guy with an idea into a music tech entrepreneur and what that journey was like? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was just because, you know, you see... Uh, so you learn so much, you know, doing this kind of, uh, you know, idea process or trying to build some kind of, of foundation for, for a company. You know, you learn a lot if you're hungry for, for the information. And I, and I, I, wrote, I, I, uh, I, I saw a lot of uh, shows. I went to a lot of conferences, talked with a lot of people. I, you know, spent a lot of time on, on the Internet trying to, to understand what services are out there. How does it work? What are their price that? And and the more I, I I learned and talked with people, same with I had a lot of uh, talks with with the um, PROs in general and major labels for that matter. But it just it seemed like that that there was just like there was just a missing link here or something. That it was just the more I I I, I learned, it was clear to me that this project product just doesn't exist. I mean, especially not. Uh, to the let's say the 90% of the industry you know all the small indie labels or upcoming or medium sized or whatever all you know as a, as we call it music entrepreneurs uh, whether you're an artist or a manager or a label you know you you work with your brand as as a company right um so if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
it, it was just, uh, yeah, I mean, the fire was just to say, how can, how can we make something where everyone can access this information? Because it's just plain stupid that, that people don't have access to it. Interesting. And I mean, what were some of the struggles that you came across uh, as you were starting up this company? Did you start it with any friends, any family members? Was it just you? Um, it was basically just me. Um, I spoke with a lot of people also, uh, close people and friends and family, but uh, I was basically a solo founder. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it, it's been challenging, I would say. Yeah. I, I would imagine, especially going into uh, such a music tech world, like that is such an, it, it needs to be an innovative thing because music technology uh, is is kind of at this turning point where, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, half the music tech startups didn't even exist. And some of the technology that's coming out now is like groundbreaking. It's like revolutionizing and updating all the technology and the business models that existed in the music business. So it's like trying to get into this, this music tech world is, is a feat in itself. And I can imagine there were so many struggles. Uh, so what were some of those struggles and like, what did you kind of, uh, overcome? Um, I mean, we managed to launch a product that is, uh, was accessible three months after we got an investment. Um, and, um, and I mean, now, now everyone can, can use it. So, uh, but, but some of the struggles I've, I've come across was, uh, PROs, the performance rights organizations, they have agreements with certain deliver deliverables or, or sorry, certain, um, uh, companies and uh, I mean it's very very difficult to to come and provide something new um, there is you know I would I'm sorry to say but there in some countries it's it's basically corrupt I mean uh, PROs in general and so it's it can be very challenging to try and sell something that provides a lot more data than they're used to and and uh, maybe they're not necessarily interested in it. For example, I've seen a tendency that in the good countries, and let's call them Denmark or, uh, or Germany or uh, UK or something like that, uh, where the PROs are pretty, pretty well working and in important markets, the, it's probably about 20% of the radio stations that has an actual rate attached. So what all the music that is played on more or less 80% in the good cases, uh, 80% of the radio stations in the country, they just pay blanket license fees and nobody is really monitoring them and or distributing them, them, the royalties based on what's been played. They, they All the different countries, all different societies has different ways to, to distribute these money. Some use a sample tests. Uh, which they tell the radio station in advance, obviously, because they're not monitoring it. And, uh, you know, some distributes it after market share, pay, market shares on, on other radio channels, which doesn't really make sense because a lot of smaller or medium-sized radio stations, they play a lot more different music than, than the biggest commercial ones. Um, so it's, uh, it's very, very challenging. Um, and that is also why we find it much more relevant to sell the data to everyone else um, 
And, and by that, we also hope eventually that we will have a critical mass where people will start raising questions to, for example, the, their PROs. But it's probably likely that the changes are going to come in those countries where it is not, you know, bad, but really bad. Or, or, or countries where they don't even have a PRO yet. So um, that could be a, a, an African country, for example. So I think that actually it is more possible for us to, to do changes in some of these uh, kind of countries than it is to, to make changes with the, you know, the biggest music markets. And you mentioned, as you were answering that question, some of the countries, there's good countries and there's some of them were quote-unquote corrupt. Uh, can you explain what that means? I mean, uh, that, that means that, that there are some countries where, you know, for example, in Greece, there was, uh, I mean, I believe it was the Neighboring Rights uh, Association uh, or, uh, organization, which had an administration fee of 104%. So basically, no money was distributed. They they basically had to to earn more money to sustain the you know the the organization. Like it's family owned. It's run like a very very poor business. So if I'm understanding that correctly, that means there's a fee of 104 percent. 100 percent would be uh, everything, and then so basically you're paying them four percent extra to collect your royalties. Is that correct? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't think that they they were able to charge any money. But the 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 financial yearly report was just the fact that they spent more than they have actually earned, so they couldn't distribute anything. And if you see something, uh, for example, in Spain, they basically got uh, the the society there basically got thrown out of CSEC. It's like. Uh, which is like the over, it's like the mother organization of uh, of the societies because they it, because they didn't report correctly and they had made made this invention called the wheel, where where you know certain uh, big artists or songwriters was or or publishers was invited into a certain system where the government channels radio and TV and such uh, used this. Um, this uh, bunch of songs, uh, so it gotten it didn't really like it was just abs- absurd, because in this situation the if I believe correctly the, um, the the then the TV stations for example had a kickback in the because they got like co-publishing rights and such like terrible situations. Yikes! Um, and so and then you know and then you know we have some countries that doesn't even have any kind of society. And then we have, you know, obviously some of that are pretty good and well-functioning. I mean, you obviously can monitor the the plays in, say, a country that doesn't have a PRO, which was like, it was like Africa, right? There's some African countries that do not have a PRO, correct? Mm. So how would you go about collecting those royalties or how can you monitor, like, I mean, are those royalties even able to be collected? I mean... I'm I'm seeing a situation where a certain country suddenly wants to create a a, a PRO because they want to sustain uh, their artists or they they want to make a sustainable um, you know culture in their music industry. It's it's an industry that's everything else. So then, if they want to build a new organization with a new system, it is you know much more likely that we will be able to participate in something like that rather than us coming in in 
into you know one of the major uh, uh, societies in the UK or whatever and and try to you know give them provide them with the new data and and basically kick out their uh, you know uh, old de- delivery and and uh, and I just I just uh, it's just too too big of a task uh, in the current stage for a company of our size because we can create so much so fast but just particularly around royalties it is just it's just a complete uh, mess and uh, very very challenging and we just don't have the efforts to tackle that right now but at least we created a calculator so hopefully we can launch that uh, sometime this year um, and then and then people will actually be able to see how much their airplays are worth and then again it's up to the individual to to take the the challenge with the with their PROs at the current stage. It sounds like yeah, it's for for an artist or a manager or whoever is working with the artist or songwriters or whomever. It sounds like you know collecting royalties has always been a challenge, and there's so many companies out there that are trying to kind of automate it and make it super easy to do. But it's, I mean, we're, we're making great progress and there are companies that are really trying to do it. But it, it's just that this collection of, of royalties, I mean, it's stuck in the, you know, 50 years ago. It's so outdated that it's not, it's it's going to take some time to do that. And for artists to, or managers or whomever to have to go out and manually collect and claim these things and work with these companies. And then these companies get so, you know, overwhelmed because they only have a certain amount of staff that deals with these things that it, it takes time. And there's always going to be bumps. And it's just a task that nobody wants to do. But at the same time, it's like, if you want to get paid, you've got to do it. Uh, so I'm waiting for the day uh, that a company comes out or one of the existing companies kind of revolutionizes and there's one place where all these things can be collected and it's just something as simple as a click of a button because like you said, it's kind of a mess and it's kind of corrupt and it's there's there's just too many things going on right now that makes it too difficult for an artist to go in and actually earn the money that they've rightfully earned. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, a couple of years ago, we had we had a kind of a, I don't know, funny, but uh, but new situation where at all the conferences, everything was blockchain, 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 blockchain. And there's no question that that is, you know, super relevant for the future of the industry. But there, there were so many different companies that, you know, all want, wanted or still wants for the, them that are still alive, you know, to 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 solve the same things. I mean, and 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 I'm like the only question I had like who of you are gonna win this game because you're not gonna share each other's data. So either <laughs> you know all of you join forces or only one of you win. And uh, so what is it gonna be? So it's um, yeah, and I mean yeah, still no, and haven't really solved it uh, from from what I've seen. And and again, I think it's not so much about solving this. It, it's solving the the the. The technical side is more about getting the integrations with the all the different organizations and major label structures, etc. That that you know owns the shit. So it's I think the implementation is the the major challenge here. Yeah, I'm always getting pitches from publicists or companies about blockchain, blockchain this, blockchain that. 
And it's, it's, it's so, like, I get so overwhelmed with it because it's like, there's so many people trying to do the same thing. And I mean, I haven't looked a lot into it just because I get them so much that I just kind of like delete them. And I'm more focused. I mean, I like to write about the tech and stuff, but when I get the same thing over and over again, it's like, how much innovation can a hundred companies doing the same thing actually really do? Like if you're going to get if your goal is to do the same thing, you're obviously going to run into obstacles where you're going to be collecting the same data. Maybe you have a few tweaks where you're doing it just a little bit differently. And obviously every company is going to have an excuse or reason as to why they're better than company C and D. Or, or unique. Or unique. Exactly. And at that point, it's you're giving consumers and prosumers too many options and then nobody wants to deal with it. They're like, oh, I'll just wait for somebody to come up with, with something that's you know, not blockchain and it's, it's different. That's, that's how I am. Like, If I'm getting pitched 600 different blockchain companies, they're all doing the same thing. It's like, well, you're all doing essentially the same thing and the, the goal is the same. So I'm, I'm, I don't know who to pick and I don't have the time to sit down and look through and watch and research. I don't have time for that. So yeah, it's, it's getting to be a saturated market, but I mean, I get, and I applaud people who are trying to solve an issue and, and carve out a niche for themselves. But at the same time, it's like, we've got to look at different angles. Like there's obviously more than one way to solve this. I agree. And, and, and speaking of niche, I mean, that is basically what we found uh, in terms of, of Warm, because like, again, if we take the, the competitors in this space, they, they all um, primarily sell their data to large co- companies or organizations. Um, we sell it to on a price per song, so everyone can can access it if they want to pay five euro or whatever. And uh, and then we have uh, these um, and then it is um, bigger. They have bigger. Uh, we have bigger coverage, whereas the the existing uh, platforms they have very limited coverage it's very local or or divided at least and then it's only based on um, on on the larger uh, terrestrial or national radios pri- primarily so for example as i mentioned before i think we're monitoring uh, 1000 radio stations in germany but only 200 of them has an actual um, tariff or minute rate attached uh, so that means that there are 800 radio stations that most likely are not being reported because the the data suppliers that sells the data to the society, if they don't use the data on these 800 stations, they don't want to buy that because they know who to charge. And then the the money they receive, they're going to distribute to the back to the rights holders. But uh, then it's going to be different songs. Uh, it's not going to be the ones that's played. So it's like, you know, we have a big dif- differential be- between the existing solutions where they, you know, sell expensive and heavy data and we have, you know, a large um, coverage. And, and we haven't really any, we don't really have any competitors in this space. And if you take something like, you know, other data sets or analytics like, uh, like Spotify data or social media data, there is also overwhelmingly a lot of analytics companies, but they all, you know, kind of sell the same data uh, from streaming service, etc. Whether that's Soundcharts or Chartmetric or Fortunes or, you know, th- there's a lot of these companies. So, uh, and still new ones popping up. To be to be fair, so so at least we're in a very secure space because we don't really have any kind of competition in this, you know, accessibility 
uh, versus uh, coverage. And have you ever used Chartmetric before? Yes, uh, I have tried it. I, I've still got their emails and I've, I've talked a lot, a lot with Zoom earlier. Um, so uh, I, I think um, I think uh, Chartmetric is, is, uh, is super cool, but there's just a lot of competition in this space. Yeah, I agree. I've used Chartmetric as well, and it's it's incredible the detail that they have, and it's like that's the type of like whenever I think of like music analytics, I always think of Chartmetric because it is. Granted, it is a little bit expensive. It's like 140 or 50 US dollars per month, uh, which is can be pricey for an analytics tool, but you are getting what you're paying for because it is one single dashboard where you can log in and you can see every streaming platform. You can see social media platforms. You can see previous trends. I mean, it is so incredibly detailed that it is. if, if you're making extra money on music and you have some extra that you want to maybe take a month and spend the $150 to look into your analytics and really get do a deep dive, it's it's definitely worth it. I mean, I, I sound like I'm promoting Chartmetric, and I, to an extent I am, but it's such an incredible tool. And I always want to share tools that I find useful for for musicians and, and music professionals. So, yeah, Chartmetric is great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, but for example, uh, like uh, I think three weeks ago, four weeks ago, the guys from uh, One Thousand and One Tracklist, which is just a, a different uh, kind of company, they 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 get these um, DJ sets from different mm. you know uh, um, festivals and upload them. And then people, you know, especially DJs, go and find these uh, new upcoming tracks, uh, re- new remixes or edit or whatever. And that's super cool. But these guys also released uh, something called Songstats. Um, so that's like an alternative to, uh, to Chartmetric. But then you pay per artist that you want to monitor. Um, and then it's like, I think it's $10 per month or something per artist. So, you know, then suddenly something new comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so so I think this is a very competitive space, but none of them have have really like a really good radio uh, monitoring system. I, I I know that that the chat metric have added. I can't remember how many, if it's a thousand or two thousand or something radio channels. Mm. Um, so so that's cool, but. Um, yeah, but a lot of competitive uh, competition in this space with uh, with analytics in general, and of course everyone, just as you mentioned before, wants just preferably one system with everything in, and and that's where we have kind of like take it, took a step back in this field and just say we we just want to focus about radio uh, and and all the different things that we can do uh, with that. So. So um, yeah, so we're also looking at uh, we're working with some some um, machine learning guys from a university about trying to mil- build a, a a hit prediction score, so we can basically analyze previous uh, songs and see how their trends have have been, and and try to build a system that can detect what will when when will you know you see uh, radio hits on on what songs if they follow a certain trend, uh, for example, the first three weeks then we can hopefully predict with some sort of accuracy uh, uh, how many plays it will look like in three months or so. So that's a new kind of product, but again, very focused around radio and, and not really all these other data sources. Artificial intelligence is is a whole beast in itself, and it's kind of one of those things that have just like recently been headlines in the last couple of years. I mean, it's always been around, but to an extent where it is today where 
on top of all these blockchain companies, they're also using some type of artificial intelligence for their data. And that's, that's part of their quote unquote uniqueness that makes them stand out. But yeah, there's, I mean, we have automation, we have artificial intelligence in cars, we have automation, artificial intelligence in music making. I mean, we have artificial intelligence, uh, computers and technology that's making music and releasing them on Spotify. In fact, one of, I, I'm, I, I love a song by an artificial intelligence. I think it's like uh, Skig. It was, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. I'd have to find it. But I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but it, it writes music. They ran it through a bunch of different songs through it. And then, boom, they came out with this song. There's also one that recently, I, which blew my mind, they ran a bunch of Joe Rogan episodes of his podcast and him talking through. And then the artificial intelligence learned his voice and then came up with something. And it sounded just like Joe Rogan, but it was artificial intelligence. It wasn't him recorded or talking. It was the artificial intelligence crafting his voice. It was so impressive and it sounded just like him and stuff that he would actually say. I mean, it's just like this technology is so so cool and so crazy. Um, and it, it's, it's so cool to see it implemented in music too. Like I'm seeing it's, it's, it's so cool. I mean, we try, we're working with AI in, in different forms as well. Um, we also, um, did some tests on, on actually trying to, uh, you know, build a system where you can send a song to a radio stations where we compare the, 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 the parameters of the song and, and analyzes it um, and compared with with the with the other songs that have been played. So basically, a similarity score, if you if you want to call it that. Um, so that could also be super relevant for for promotion. Um, Are you listening? What kind of music do you primarily listen to? Is it is it electronic music? Uh, I listen a lot to jazz when I'm home. And then actually I have this radio station called Retro Radio and they play mostly music from 60s and 70s. So, so oh. I'm, I'm, I mean, I usually just listen to, to uh, old uh, stuff. And, uh, and then I, I love uh, techno and, uh, and electronic music in general. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's, I, I primarily listen to electronic music, but sometimes it's nice to just get away from the, the craziness that can ensue in electronic music and listen to real human instruments in jazz or classical because uh, electronic music, as you know, can be quite harsh for certain scenarios. Um, but but it, to what you, what you said before, I mean, I don't think it's... Uh, uh, I, I think it's very uh, possible that we're going to see like AI pop stars or, 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 or whatever genre, rock star or something. And that's where they're probably gonna create like a, a character, maybe around you know AI basically, and, and these will be hyped like Pokemon or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's only a matter of time because the thing with artificial intelligence is that it continually gets better. The more you feed it, the smarter it gets, and it's just like it's like it's not like a human where you can literally set it overnight and say, hey, read this science book from back to cover, from front to cover, and then, you know, you're going to learn every word. Well, with an artificial intelligence, you could have it read that book three, four, five times, and then it would literally read the whole book. So it's like, it's only going to get smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. Uh, it's, it's a scary thought, but it's also very interesting because uh, as one of my heroes and one of my uh, mentor, or not mentors, but uh, icons uh, that I look up to is Elon Musk, and he's always warned about the artificial intelligence and how it can really take over if we're not going to be careful with it. 
Yeah, it's it's very uh, interesting and somewhat frightening what 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 this will be in many different industries. Yeah, but I'm that's you got me thinking that like, that's an interesting concept, like creating an artificial intelligence character and then going to an artificial intelligence concert. Like that's 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 weird, but that's cool. But it's most likely going to happen sooner. Go- somebody is somebody's going to happen, and I want in on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want some say in it because I think that would be so cool. Um, cool. I think we should. That that's that's a great place to kind of wrap it up. Uh, I got to get to work in a couple minutes here. So, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Jasper. This was a great conversation. Uh, we got we covered so much ground in radio and music and royalties and everything. So, how can the listeners follow up with you if they have any questions on anything you said or just keep up with you, uh, a warm uh, and your your contributions to the music tech world um well you, everyone is, is, is um can can reach me on my email it's uh, js at warm dot ninja um and uh otherwise uh, just um contact uh, warmmusic.net that's where uh, we're based we just launched uh, warmcharts.com actually so we have like a free access to to global radio chats now, so um, so that's also pretty cool. People can check out. But I'm I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not on TikTok, but <laughs> <laughs> it's possible to find me. Yeah, cool. I will link all of those links in the show notes below, so everybody can uh, easily reach out if they have any questions and and keep up with you as well. That's great. Thank you cool. so much so, for having me, Lena. You're welcome, Jesper. Thanks for having. Thanks for being on the show, and have a great weekend. And take care of yourself. You too, my friend. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.